0: And KoreaScape is coming to most of you in Seoul and surrounding areas on 101.3 MHz. It is Friday. That means we've reserved a little time for a feature called Project Seoul, in which we trace some of the policies, administration, and history and development of this South Korean capital. It's a team-up between TBS, EFM and the University of Seoul. And we are joined today once again by Professor of Urban Planning and Design, Kim Ki-ho. Professor, welcome again morning. We have been going through phases of history, giant chapters of history in the city of Seoul, and we've gone through several dynasties as well as a very, very short-lived empire uh, that was brought to a halt in 1910 by the Japanese. We're now in the fourth and final layer of our exploration in which uh, Seoul became a democratic republic. Why don't we talk a little bit about that?
1: Mm -hmm. Today is the story of the first layer, the capital of Republic of Korea, uh, you know, in Korean War, many public buildings were destroyed, and thirty percent of the housing was destructed in Seoul. Mm-hmm. And there were five destroyed areas in the downtown area, which was designated for rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. And gwancheol dong block, just behind the Jonggak Belfry, the Pohsin-gak Belfry, is one of them. And Jongno Street was
0: planned to widen from 24 meters to 40 meters. And I suppose this is probably the block that uh, we could say really became the first modern city block in Seoul, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And this dong block has gone
1: through land readjustment and became the first modern grid-iron pattern commercial block in Seoul, which allows... Access for the cars mm-hmm. to all the pl- all the lots in the block, and still today the blocks and streets in the areas are bustling with pedestrians, and one of the frequently visited areas in the downtown by young people, and this development pattern with relatively narrow streets uh, friendly to the pedestrians is in contrast to the later urban redevelopment since the 1970s with the wide streets with little pedestrians, especially in the night. Mm -hmm. It is because the use of the land was dominated with office
0: uses. And like so many other districts in Seoul, it seems to change before your very eyes. Every uh, month there's uh, Mm -hmm. new businesses, Mm -hmm. there's new development. Mm -hmm. People who have been here in Seoul for a long time... Uh, they they lament the loss of this little alley mm-hmm. called mm-hmm. Pimatgil, right? Yeah. Uh, that was uh, something that had a lot of character back in its day, but I guess it fell victim to urbanization.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. And not only the redevelopment plan, but also the rehabilitation plan of Seoul after the Korean War. For mm-hmm. example, the Jongno Street widening results in the loss of the South Pimatgil. Mm. Pimatgil is narrow alley parallel to the Jongno Street from the chosen uh, period. And it has very historical meaning uh, as a service road to the lots facing to the Jongno Street and sometimes used by merchants
0: for avoiding the nobility. Very interesting. That's, that's mm-hmm. kind of the origin of that uh, well, yeah. name, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They would duck in there so that they don't have to uh, mm-hmm. go through all the ceremony mm-hmm. and bowing and all that stuff. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now it's gone. Okay, so you've got a wider Jongno area and uh, an area that's coming into its own as a real city district. And the
1: dividing plan of, of Jongno Street was an attempt of the Korean government to convert the city development axis from southward set in the colonial time to the traditional east-west axis. Traditionally, the east-west axis were the main axis of the city. And it is a kind of planning action to regain the identity of the city, which was lost in the colonial time.
0: Understood? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to reassert a certain kind of Koreanness of the of the city. Well, then we had uh, <laughs> uh, after forty five we had a, another war here, of course, a very famous one, a conflict uh, between North and South, and then. Korea and Seoul started to come into its own as an economic powerhouse, Mm -hmm. didn't it? Mm -hmm. So people started to flock to Seoul and urban planners like yourself had to start coping with huge amounts Mm -hmm. of people. Mm -hmm. And how did you you guys do that?
1: It was a big, big challenge for the government. Uh, The economic boom since the 1960s demanded new space for the increasing population of the city and also for the growing industries and companies. To meet the demand of new space, government approached two strategies. One is to expand the city toward the Gangnam area, the new development for residential uses. And the other one is to redevelop the
0: old town area it
1: is the development to meet the office space
0: demand okay so we start to see the beginning of urban sprawl and Mm -hmm. no longer is Seoul just a Kangbuk city but Gangnam Mm -hmm. starts to take shape Mm -hmm. let's go into since the urban planning of this uh, seems to focus on the old town redevelopment why don't you tell me how that was uh, planned and how that took place Mm mm-hmm
1: already in 1973 12 districts of Old Town, downtown core commercial area were planned for redevelopment, which means tear down the existing fabric and rebuild the district. From the 1970s to the 1990s, many blocks in the downtown area have been torn down to make the city modern and to showcase the modernization of Korea to the visitors of the Olympic Games in 1988. Mm -hmm. The high-rise office buildings today in the older town area, they are all created by the urban redevelopment plan. In this way, the downtown became empty, especially in the nighttime. Mm -hmm. People have no idea that time what to do with the historically grown urban
0: fabrics. All right, so this is the era before the hofs and norebangs and uh, nighttime entertainments of all kinds, uh, the, the the downtown area would just flush out at night because nobody's living there.
1: Because there is no residence there. Yeah. In this reason, in the nighttime, maybe up to 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the night, yeah. there may be some people. And then it's a ghost town after that. And then it's ghost town
0: after that. You know? Okay. So you said people had no idea what to do with historically grown urban fabrics. What, mm-hmm. what do you mean by that? What, uh, yeah. what does it mean when you don't have an urban fabric?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, many historically meaningful buildings and palaces and places were demolished. For example, stock exchange building in Myeongdong and some movie theaters from the 1930s mm-hmm. and many areas with characteristic districts, they were all gone to make way for redevelopment. South of jong Street area was the target area of the redevelopment, and uh, historic sites and buildings were surrounded by redevelopment and remained like an island in the historic
0: downtown. An island in the historic downtown. Mm. So uh, the next phase, I guess we could say, uh, came when? Around the 1990s, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's a turning point of
1: the urban planning in the 1990s. Uh, In the beginning of the 1990s, city government laid down a plan to restore the Namsan Hill in terms of the nature, history, and the landscape. The highlight of the restoration was to demolish the 16-story modern Namsan apartment house To restore the nature and the landscape. I never realized there were
0: 16-story Namsan apartments. There was. I didn't realize
1: that. It is a a big, big news. And the blasting and demolition of the Namsan apartment house was televised live and aroused big attention of the citizens and the professionals. And people asked at that time, What is wrong with the modern apartment house? And the professionals began to question on the validity of the Western modernism urban planning. And I think this was the big, big turning point in the Seoul urban planning. And this may be the predecessor
0: of the Cheonggyecheon restoration in 2005. So people are starting to say... Yeah, no, maybe we don't need to c- pack in so many people so tightly in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we can use these urban spaces for quality of life and not just mm-hmm. the quantity of people that can live mm-hmm. there. Right. Interesting yes. that you link this 1990s demolition to... You know, the spirit of the Cheonggyecheon restoration, Mm -hmm. which some people said at first that's just a a vanity project and that's Mm -hmm. not useful. But now everybody, pretty much everybody loves Mm -hmm. Cheonggyecheon, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. So uh, this kind of spirit of redevelopment started to uh, take hold. And then what happened?
1: Mm -hmm. And in the year of 2000, the first downtown area plan with emphasis on the historic preservation was worked out. Uh, which was renewed in 2015 with more detailed guidelines on the preservation of the historic urban fabrics. Mm -hmm. City of Seoul is now on her way to balance the redevelopment and the historic preservation in the old town area.
0: I hope that's true. I hope that's true. Do you true. think that's true, really? Yes, I think. Okay, good. Because sometimes Seoul gets a reputation of, let's just bulldoze it all and build modern structures mm-hmm. uh, and modern apartments. Mm-hmm. Especially the, the hanoks tend to take the raw end of that deal, don't they? Mm-hmm. I think it is changing now. Okay. It has
1: changed very much in the last 10 or 20 years. Not only the professionals, but also the mind and attitude of the uh, general people
0: has changed it. And we cannot change or convert this trend. So, where do you think the the weight, the the equilibrium should fall? Should Seoul be a historic city that with a few modern touches, or a modern city with a few historic mm. touches? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think. Uh, it seems inevitable that it's going to be a modern city with a little bit of uh-huh. historic decoration. Sure. Mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. I don't know what's on the mind of urban planners. Uh, there, are, there are different ideas
1: and there are different ambitions from different people. I think in the last decades, Seoul pursued eagerly modern functional city. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure whether Seoul is functional. But if we consider Seoul has around 10 million population, And in the daytime, more than 15 million population are living and working in the city. Mm -hmm. Then we may say Seoul is functional in a degree. I would never accuse Seoul of not being functional. Seoul works. Mm, Yeah, it works. hmm? And improvement of physical environment for living is phenomenal. But the life in the city looks very hectic. Mm. Don't they need to take their time? Should the soul light always be dynamic in the future? That's the question. And I think for this question, the historic preservation or some kind of historic charm will help, I think, to solve this problem. Whether historic city or modern city, mm-hmm. I hope some of the old historic charm will help the citizen to reflect and recall
0: their life. And also relax and recharge in peace. Here, here. Let's uh, use urban planning to help soulites chill out a little bit and, mm-hmm. uh, and relax and not be so stressed. I hope that. There, that. You've got your work cut out for you. Professor, that'll be all we have time for today. And I want to thank you very much for these four installments of Project Soul that you've teamed up with us on. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, you are more than welcome. And we will be right back after this.